Oh, so we've been exiled to our guest room for the last couple of days because there's a demon living in the pipes in our bedroom. What? Okay, so when we moved in, we didn't, we obviously didn't realize we didn't, it was August, we didn't turn the heat on. But once we turned the heat on, we realized quickly that there was like a demonic gnome living in our radiator in the bedroom. We called, we named him Clanky and we imagine him like some sort of like minor dwarf who like lives in the radiator and like clanks with his hammer. Do you think that he gets in through that little weird door you have outside? No, I don't think so. But now that you've put the thought in my head, I I, I now think perhaps. I, I or think maybe a, it's a whole neighborhood and that's his neighbor. Maybe. I think he's a pervert dwarf who lives in our radiator. Well, that's chilling. Yes. And it's because whenever, like, the pipes are on, or especially at night, like, when we turn the heat down, for some reason, I think it's, like, the steam and the water, like, leaving the radiator, because we have these, like, we live in, like, an old New England house, we have old radiators. It's, it just, it's like someone literally takes a hammer and starts (laughs) slamming on the pipes. It's just, like, bang, 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 bang. It's so terrible and loud. And... It was okay for a while, surprisingly, because he only did it like three times a night. And I was kind of like, and I can kind of sleep through like almost anything. So I was like, this is fine, whatever. And then in like the last two weeks, he's just like ratcheted up the noise. And now there's like banging going on at all hours, like throughout the night. Oh, no. Yes. And so for a long time, because of COVID, we were like, oh, we can just like live with this like banging pipe situation. Like we'll tell our landlady about it when it's warmer and when like, you know, COVID is not as scary and we can have a plumber come in. Right. But finally, my leaking tub. Yeah. So finally, this weekend, we were like, no, this has gone too far. We were literally had to go sleep in the guest room because my anxiety was so bad about sleeping in the bedroom because I would like start falling asleep and then he would start clanking and then I would be like awake and then I would be like waiting for him to clank again. You know, like it was just it was bad. I'd like to posit that it's a ghost with chains. Oh, that's a good idea. I never imagined clanky like that. I imagined him as like, you know, he had like a little minor hat and everything. He had like a pick. I'm picturing like an A Christmas Carol situation. Manacled ghost chained there for his crimes. Hopefully not violent. What has he done though? Um, it was a white collar crime. But he's so manacled. Well, they were harsher in those times. What times? The times in which he lived. The era of yore. Do you think he, like, legit looks like Ebenezer Scrooge, like, Bob Marley kind of situation? Honestly, I'm picturing a Muppet Christmas Carol because I saw it for the first time recently. That's a good point. I like imagining him as a Muppet. I can see that. That seems less threatening. Maybe now you'll be able to sleep. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to this month's episode of Rom-Com-A-Thon. I'm Alex. I'm Kat. And this month, we are talking about what to expect when you're expecting, um, which was not our choice. I would like to point out our friend Yudit picked it. Today, when this is released, it will be her birthday. Happy birthday, Yudit. I hate you now. Yeah. I mean, I love you. Happy birthday. But I can't believe I've now seen this movie more than once. Well, you already know like kind of my stance on this film, which was that it has one good storyline. So I've watched the storyline, like sadly, like multiple times in the past. But the rest of the movie, I have seen almost not at all. 
Yes, we did watch it for the blog some years ago, and I went and looked back at that post, and in that post, I was also very upset, because that was apparently not the first time I had seen the movie, which means that now I've seen this movie at least three times, and frankly, it's it's honestly just getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's really bad. Would you like to summarize the plot? I would love to summarize the- What little arb- plot there is. Yeah, the, the pregnancy Arbor Day. Oh, God, how do I? Well, I guess the movie kicks off with Cameron Diaz, who is a celebrity, like, um, fitness coach. She basically has, like, a, like... She hosts, like, a terribly named show called Lose It and Weep, which is basically, I think, The Biggest Loser. Yeah, exactly. It's it's essentially the biggest loser. So she is um what's her face? That famous Jillian Michaels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um but anyway, so she's basically on like like a dancing competition. She's been uh having sex with her instructor, coach, I don't know, boy toy. Yeah, uh Matthew Morrison for I don't know, like a, a couple of months and she finds out she's pregnant uh on the finale when she like vomits into a trophy. I'm surely Cat's favorite Cat's no. favorite moment of Hate the this film. Movie. Can't believe I've watched it so many times. Um, so there's that. There is also Elizabeth Banks, uh, who runs a like baby store essentially, and really has been really trying to get pregnant with her husband for the last two years. And they finally decide they're gonna take a break from getting pregnant. So of course they get pregnant. Elizabeth Banks is married to Ben Falcone, um, whose dad is a former, like, NASCAR race car driver. Anyway, he's super rich, and he has a much younger hot wife. This is Dennis Quaid married to Brooklyn Decker. And Dennis Quaid and Brooklyn Decker have gotten pregnant with twins just, you know, as it happens, right? And, like, Ben Falcone clearly has, like, a lot of daddy issues, whatever. Dennis Quaid doesn't seem like he's the greatest dad. And then there is Jennifer Lopez and the Hawkeye from Love Actually who now knows English. He knows English in Love Actually. He just has an accent. No, what I read about Love Actually was that actually he didn't know English and learned, like, a lot of his lines phonetically. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Sidebar. I apologize for implying that you were maybe racist just then. J-Lo and the Hawkeye from Love Actually also want a baby, but they've been, like, trying for a while. It's not happening. They decide they're going to adopt. That happens really quickly, and it's, like, this whole thing where Hawkeye from Love Actually is, like, not really sure if he's, like, ready to be a father, and J-Lo's, like, really just, like, running headfirst into this adventure. Um, it's, It's not great. And the last story is Anna Kendrick and Chase Crawford. It's the best storyline. It's the only worthwhile storyline in this film. They are acquaintances kind of from high school like he the whole backstory is that he like stood her up when he was supposed to take her to prom um well he was trying to take two girls to prom essentially she was one of them and now they own rival food trucks and they go on they basically have like one hookup and she gets pregnant and they decide they're gonna have the baby we don't see them decide this it's just like oh now you're just kind of together Obviously, in true love, actually, fashion, as the movie progresses, that all their storylines somewhat intertwine very lightly. 
So let's see for resolutions. Well, Cameron Diaz and Matthew Morrison have this whole like stupid fight like throughout the film where they find out they're having a boy and Matthew Morrison, who is Jewish, wants his son circumcised. And Cameron Diaz is like, how dare you I will not circumcise my son? You are Christmas tree Jewish, which I thought was insulting. At, and like also they like break up sometime in that. And then at the end, they get back together and they have a girl, actually. So circumcision avoided for now. They'll probably divorce before they have a second kid, so it's fine. Yes. And with uh, J-Lo and Hawkeye from Love Actually, Hawkeye from Love Actually joins, like, a dad a dad walking group that, like, provides a lot of, like, I don't know, sidebar humor in this film. And, you know, doesn't feel like he's totally ready to be a dad, but you know what? They go to Ethiopia, they adopt their baby, and things seem good. He becomes a dad. And with Elizabeth Banks and Ben Falcone, um, well, Elizabeth Banks essentially has like the worst pregnancy ever. She experiences every awful uh, side effect of pregnancy, is asked to speak at some like baby expo, like gives a speech about how terrible pregnancy is. Because previously she was peddling a lot of like pregnancy is a miracle type stuff, which I also found really weird because she wasn't yet a parent. Yeah, but she was like obsessed with motherhood. Anyway, she has the worst pregnancy while Brooklyn Decker has like the chillest pregnancy in the world. They both have their babies on the same day. Everyone's having their baby on like the same day. Yes. And uh, she and Bill Falcone have their sons. Very good. And Brooklyn Decker and Dennis Quaid have their twin girls. um, And it turns out their babies are nightmares later on. So, you know, it's karma. Lastly, Anna Kendrick and Chase Crawford, early on in the pregnancy, pretty early actually, um, Anna Kendrick loses the baby. And the two of them break up because Chase Crawford kind of still wants to be together but Anna Kendrick is like well we're always together because of the baby and now there is no baby so screw you by the end they reconnect uh, because they run into each other at the hospital because Anna Kendrick is there to visit her cousin Brooklyn Decker love to know more about that family by the way yes and she and Chase Crawford start dating again and they in the end have combined their food trucks the cheesy pig I'd forgotten about that yeah and that's like kind of the movie like there isn't that much to say about it well, the thing that really blew my mind was with each like additional scene, I was like, there are so many famous people in this movie. I can't conceptualize how so many incredibly famous people decided to be in this movie. There's also cameos like Mega Mullally is there. Dwayne Wade is at the beginning. Like what's happening? I, I don't know. How expensive was this movie to make that they paid all these people? Every time they make one of these garbage, like, anthology films, like, there's always so many celebrities in here, and you're like, but why? Is it because they can show up to work for, like, three days and then leave, and then they, like, get paid? That's kind of my thought, but how much do you get paid for that amount of work, and if they get paid a lot, is that not a ridiculous amount for a movie to spend? I have no idea how much what to expect when you're expecting made. I can't imagine this movie turned a significant profit. I mean, we would hope that it didn't. It, it's so bad. I would like to comment, though. I looked it up after, and both of these writers have written better stuff in the past. Like, one of them wrote Whip It, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is good. Well, Whip It is great. So I don't know how this happened. It was directed by a man, but I have to say that this movie is just a flood of famous people having opinions about how people should run their lives slash pregnancies slash parenthood. To be fair, this is based off a pregnancy book that has no narrative whatsoever. Yes, and they they were like, oh, we have to come up with some story, and they tried. 
Yeah. And and this is why, like, I, I truly think, like, the, you know, the only redeeming storyline in this is the Anna Kendrick Chase Crawford one because it actually has, like, some emotion behind it, whereas the rest of them are just, like, garbage. Well, a couple of them lack story. Some of them have emotion potentially, but I just don't care. But the writing is so bad. Even the Anna Kendrick Chase Crawford stuff, like, it kind of gets better. But the first interaction between them is like, this is some rough dialogue. I can't even pick the worst storyline because in my mind, they just like all blend together in like terribleness. I honestly forgot about so much of this. Uh, there was some, I feel like in some of the storylines, like the JLo one and the Elizabeth Banks one, there were occasionally scenes or lines that were funny. But I just, the th- I couldn't get over how Elizabeth Banks had any credibility to have begun this business. Also, Rebel Wilson, with a truly awful Southern accent, works at Elizabeth Banks's boutique baby shop as well. Initially, I, I mean, I guess like they were friends, they wanted to do some stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of people from Pitch Perfect in this movie, right? I mean, yeah. Three? I mean, Four? Elizabeth I don't Banks. Know. Yeah, three. Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson. Although I guess maybe she was never in the same scenes, but I didn't know. I thought my best guess as to why people like Rebel and Dwayne Wade and whatever were in this movie were presumably that people were friends with people. I have no idea. I I truly don't know. I mean, like, why? I mean, finally, they've stopped coming out with these films. But for a while, these were like a real issue. But usually, usually there's like one storyline I can get behind, you know, like usually like for you, like in Valentine's Day, there's that like one storyline that you like. Like for me, it was in here, which was the Valentine's Day. Was it Valentine's Day? I don't think so. Is it he's just not that into you? Oh, it's he's just not that into you. There's one storyline in that where I'm like, I kind of like this. But the Rebel Wilson accent, Matt was first to be like, what a- accent is she doing? And I was like, I don't know. Is it just, is it not just her own? And then like a couple of scenes later, we were like, I think she might be Southern. But why? Yeah, she, because they're in Georgia, but it's, it's bad. Like, I wish she had just done her normal Australian accent. It, we would have, everyone would have just been like, okay, cool, whatever. She still sounded Australian. I know. It took me, I think, also two scenes to realize she wasn't being Australian. (sighs) Cool, 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 cool. I think if push came to shove, my least favorite storyline would probably be the Cameron Diaz, Matthew Morrison one. I think we always feel this way about Cameron Diaz. Yeah, I don't love Cameron Diaz for like no reason at all. I'm just like not a huge fan of her face. I think she also, she picks rom-coms or comedies in general where she the person she plays is not appealing. No. Also, maybe like PTSD, like I hated Glee so much. Like my my hatred of Matthew Morrison just like spilled over. And I was like, wow, both of you suck. But I was like particularly like upset when she was like, I'm not circumcising my son. Like a circumcision, I don't think circumcision is medically necessary, but I was like, he's Jewish, come on. Yeah, I. he's not gonna, it's fine, but- Whatever. People have very strong opinions. I felt like this movie was like, I was reading an article about the mommy wars, and now I thought, maybe I'll write a movie. And each storyline was like one of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Also, what was particularly bad about that storyline was that there was so much, like, footage from, like, Cameron Diaz's weight loss show, and I found, like, all the footage from her weight loss show and all the talk around the weight loss show, like, really bad. Like, really fatphobic. Uh, yeah. Matt also challenged us to find a better name for her show, but I didn't have any immediate ideas. 
to be fair, I've never seen The Biggest Loser. I I don't know anything. It's not appealing for me. Um, no. but I I just found the whole concept around it like I was like this is this is not great. Because then they did a segment where she was like accosting former contestants including Elizabeth Banks's husband and be and like, you know, slapping sandwiches out of their hand basically. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, speaking of things I don't want to watch, when they were all giving birth at the end, why did no one have any stirrups? Like, is it like dad just has to hold her leg up the whole time? I don't know. Is this normal? It doesn't seem normal from my previous viewings on television. I have no idea. I've never, you know, having never given birth or been in the room when someone's giving birth, I have no clue. I must say, the baby casting in this movie was excellent. Almost every baby we saw was very cute. I thought that JLo's baby at the end was particularly adorable. Yes. You were like, how could you not love this face, Rodrigo Santoro? Although with that, I felt weird about that whole Ethiopian adoption yes. ceremony. <laughs> I too felt weird. Like I wish they had had like some more conversation. I mean, look, it's a rom-com. Like obviously they're not going to get into the nuances of transracial adoption. Um, but I was like, I would have enjoyed some more conversation around this. Like, he says, like, one throwaway line about how all the white babies were taken, um, which... It's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. And I did think it was funny. But I was like, would have been interesting to kind of, like, look at or just think about sort of the meaning and and what's behind, like, this Latino, Latinx couple adopting a black baby from Ethiopia. Yeah, I think they, in that initial scene where he makes that joke with the adoption worker, they talk about, like, we were originally looking into Guatemala, but then it, like, filled up or something like that. And I was like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. And then ultimately, I think they were like, a baby's a baby. But, you know, that kid's got a road ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, clearly in what to expect when you're expecting, like, we're not going to get any nuanced discussion about this. JLo's name, by the way, is Holly. Like, what's it? Why are we always giving JLo these white people names? I have no idea. Because I don't think in this one we were pretending she was white, which has happened. That is true. And yet she had a name that I feel is like a Katherine Heigl name because I'm pretty sure she's been named Holly in a different movie. I am 100% sure you're right. She isn't named Holly in 27 Dresses, is she? I think she might be named Holly in Life as We Know It. I don't remember. She might be Holly. Who's to say? Anyway, I did really enjoy Megan Mullally's cameo, I must say. Yes. Karen competing on Dancing in the Star Dancing with the Stars, basically. Yeah, that was hilarious. What did you think of the dad group? Uh, they were funny sometimes. I think I was like, they're really getting a lot of screen time for this movie about pregnancy. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I think they were like, Oh, we better go get some dad perspective. They were funny. They weren't they weren't offensive to me, I think, most of the time, which totally could have happened. Yeah. This movie was not super offensive except for everyone's opinions about people's choices. I agree. I think it really could have swung wildly in a misogynistic direction. Um, And that dad situation didn't really like they did do some of like they did lean into some of the you know stereotypes of like oh your life is over blah 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 but then at the end they they really bring around because they're like i love my life like i love my kids like you know like, like you're this, dumb we complain about being parents but this is the best thing ever you know like nothing will compare and then yeah 
Well, we don't get to see anything after they have the babies pretty much, but I was a little bit like right off the bat, like I love Elizabeth Banks. I loved all her dresses in this movie, but I was kind of like, wow, this is a really aggressive, like breastfeeding stance from someone who has never had a baby. Yeah, I gotta gotta say, yeah, that, that was. I was like, I feel awkward. Like all these people are taking your advice and coming to your store. It's weird. What was it called? The best, the the breast choice. The breast choice, yeah. Why would you name your shop that? Well, she has a book called like Milk It or something like that. She's 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 making some choices. Yeah, she really is. She's really leaning into that. Yep. Not branding choices you or I would make, but you know, we're leading very different lives than Elizabeth Banks in this movie. Chase Crawford's food truck sounds good. Yes. Uh I can't remember. Well, it's 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 a lot of pork-based things, right? Like, how bad could it be? Yeah, he was selling some, like, carnitas tacos. He was selling, like, hot dogs. Like, they sounded good. Anna Kendrick was doing, like, a grilled cheese truck, which is fine. Cheese on bread is fine. Oh, I like grilled cheese. I mean, I like grilled cheese, too, but, like... I'm a fan of grilled cheese. I think, like, if you were going to have me pick between, like, a carnitas taco and a grilled cheese, I would pick that carnitas taco, like, every time. I don't know that I feel the same way. Wow, really? Huh. You'd think it'd be the reverse. I know. The one thing she talks about having is like this like blue cheese and peach and bacon grilled cheese. And I was like, no, thanks. That is not for me. I don't know. I feel like a nice grilled cheese can be very. Let's assume that both their food trucks are good. Why couldn't you just get stuff from both? Problem solved. Oh, although. This is why they combine at the end. Yes. Though I have to say it was actually really weird because their whole thing is they're like, oh, it's a competition. Like who sells more? Because they've gotten into like a turf war basically. And everyone's like at a sort of outdoor movie. And then we were like, are all these people getting food after the evening movie? That's weird. I also thought that was strange. I was like, how early was the showing? Was this like, are they going to be two showings? Like how... How long is this evening? It seemed like it was already dusk when they get in the argument, right? Maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like it. And then there's just like a flood of people. Like you see like an overhead, like inauguration type shot of people like wending their way to the trucks. And you're like, what time is it? Is everyone getting tacos and grilled cheese at like 11 o'clock? I thought the joy of an outdoor screening, forgive me if I'm wrong, because, you know, it's been like literally centuries since I've been in public. Um, (laughs) But I thought the joy of an outdoor screening was that you get food from your food truck and eat it during the film. Exactly. When you and I went to our first ever drive-in movie, we were so excited because we were like, box of pizza, no other people. This is perfect. Who knew that that would be like the life we all live now? Yes, I regret saying that, but here we are. I know she was meant to be annoying, but by the end of the movie, I was like, Brooklyn Decker might be my favorite character. She wasn't so bad. I mean, she's annoying, to, obviously, to Elizabeth Banks, but I found her, she's like, totally inoffensive. Hilarious. Yeah. Although I could not remember her name, so my notes are all like, who is this pretty, pretty girl that I know I've seen in other things? And, like, I think the Sunny Stepmom may be my favorite character on this third or fourth viewing of this dreadful film. I think I have lost my fondness for the Anna Kendrick Chase Crawford storyline. I still think it's maybe the most cohesive storyline, but I don't really think I enjoy it as much as I did in the past. It follows. I mean, she's very charming. He's honestly so good looking that it almost comes back around for me. Yes. Alex also doesn't like his face. She, But also she refused to watch this film. Good choice. I wish I could have done the same. What would you say is like your favorite scene, favorite line? 
okay. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite. Well, okay. The JLo adoption interview with Rodrigo Santoro cracking all the jokes was mildly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I know aquarium tricks are bad, but it was cute when she was at the aquarium. I know. I was like, I have mixed feelings about this. I know. Like, I know SeaWorld is bad, but, like, it's really cute. You know what kind of grew on me this viewing was Elizabeth Banks and her husband. Despite my concerns about her business model and her views on what's correct in parenthood, near the end, I liked when she was, like, looking at- when she was in the hospital being like, I want an epidural, I don't want an epidural, whatever, there's a part where- she gets asked about her pain level and he tries to guess and she's like, no, I'm obviously eight. Frown, no tears. And that made me laugh. And I like her husband going to Dennis Quaid, whose wad of money he previously refused to take and then getting it from him and being like the crazy lady in 408's next. And the anesthesiologist like she most certainly is, sir, which I mean, it's bad that you can buy things with money, but you can buy things with money. I think for me... I think maybe the Mega Malali cameo was my favorite thing. Oh, yes. She's a delight. Yeah. I thought that was very funny because she's like constantly hitting on Matthew Morrison's character. And I was like, I'm charmed. There's like an interview where they do with her and Matthew Morrison on like the Dancing with the Stars segment. And Megan's like, I don't even care if we win. I'm here for him. I got to tell you, Matthew Morrison on Glee was a massive disappointment to me because when I was 12 or 13, I saw him on Broadway in Hairspray. Oh. Yes. And I was, you know, at the age of 13, so extremely taken with him. He's one in like a long line of like, who else falls into this like blonde leading man category, like Norbert Leo Butts, though not as good looking. Now. I was going to say, I'm much older. Aaron Dwight is probably in this family uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Pascal. Yep. I feel like they just like, they're there was like one for every generation and he was the one at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was super cute, uh, admittedly from a distance. And I do think he is good looking, but then Glee really kind of ruined him for... Yeah, Glee... Well, I think Glee ruined him for a lot of people. <laughs> That's what I said. I said all of us. I think I think Glee ruined a lot of things for many, many people. Anyway, I have to say he didn't look that bad in this movie. I was like, your hair's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't like his face so much. So what do you think for you was the worst scene, worst line? Um, God, putting aside all the puke. Oh, and those disturbing like 3D, 4D baby sonograms. Oh, yeah, I still find them really weird. They're scary. It really like stressed me out. And and also I was just like, this writing kill me. When J-Lo was like, the one thing a woman is supposed to be able. And I was like, okay, that is... I, I didn't I also didn't love like the the push. I mean, obviously it's a movie around pregnancy and, and whatever, but I didn't love that push that this was like a thing that all women in this movie like had to do in order to feel like feminine. Yeah. Oh, I totally had forgotten how the Anna Chase storyline resolved itself, and I thought that they maybe got an abortion, and then as we kept watching, I remembered that they have a miscarriage, and I was like, well, it's nice to see a miscarriage. Why did they, not in a relationship at the age of, like, 22 to 26, presumably, right, decide to have this child, and why don't we see them even talk about it? I think they're, like, 22, because they, like, say some at some point, like, oh, blah, 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 like, like only a couple years ago or something, something, something about high school oh you're probably right because our blog post also said 22 but i just have trouble believing that because they somehow both are running their own business well i mean 
Yeah, I guess. I guess like the food truck overhead probably isn't like, I mean, it's it's obviously not going to be as much as running like a brick and mortar shop or anything. But yeah, you're right. It, it you know, that, maybe that's, if they're if they go if they start right out of high school. Yeah, I mean, that's a significant investment, right? Like, and the fact that they're like, whoops, we got accidentally knocked up. Now let's have a baby. I mean, like, it's not like people don't do that and, you know, are fine. But I was like, but why? Why would you choose to do this? I was startled that there were two of those stories. That both they and Cameron Diaz, Matthew Morrison, although admittedly they have much more money, are like, we're not in a relationship, but sure, why not? Let's raise a child. Yeah, we'll have a baby together. I mean, much more realistic that Cameron Diaz and Matthew Morrison's characters- Because they're older. Yeah. And like, you know, why not? Like, they could both take care of the baby separately, um, be financially fine, and, and you know, be able to give the kid, like, a good upbringing. So, but with Anna Kendrick and Chase Crawford, I was just like, how? Why? You both have, like, really intense jobs. It also doesn't seem like either of them necessarily wants the kid from the conversations that we see. Yeah. Like, is abortion just not available? Well, no. Like, should we talk about that? Cause, no, because remember that they actually do meet up. When when she tells him that she's pregnant, um, he's like, do you want to just, like, take care of it? Like, they have, a com- they have, like, a small conversation around it, but it, but then it's, like, obviously, like, off the table for, like, no, like, no one really discusses why. I know. It's unclear. Like, is it that, well, he kind of says, I don't think it's my place. And she's, like, offended by that, which I sort of understand, but sort of don't understand. And, but on her side, it's unclear, like, does she want to keep the baby? Because if I were her, I feel like it would really ruin my life and my food truck business. So... People made some choices. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Elizabeth Banks' speech at the Baby Expo is dreadful. Yes, yeah, so bad. <laughs> um, uh, it's so bad. God. All the time. Te- I mean, obviously, no, with please go on. You know, no, no, I was just gonna say, like, as with all films, like done in like the last like I don't know ten years, like anytime there's a cell phone on screen, it just automatically dates the movie. Oh yes, yes. I also like. Movies inherently are always made by people who are older than the people using social media. And it's just really funny sometimes when you're like, I see that like we're seeing something go viral. And that I think also a little bit dates the movie to when that was kind of new. Yeah. Oh, and the last bad thing I must mention again is when they go to Ethiopia and there's like Lion King music. Oh my god, I mentioned this because I was watching this on my iPad and I, I was like sitting next to Alex in the living room and she was like playing a video game. And I was like, why is it that whenever they show like scenes from like Africa, like whenever they go to Africa in like one of these films, um, it's always like this like marimba drum music in the background. <laughs> Matt was like, it is like Rafiki just smelled Simba on the wind. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're on, like, the Disney Lion King safari or something. Yes, and then there's huts, and, like, look, maybe it's realistic, maybe it's not, haven't been to Ethiopia, I don't know, but I was a little bit like, do is it really the ceremony where they don't meet the kid beforehand at all? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't I have no idea. Um, I will say that the 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 Marimba music is like the same kind of Marimba music they played and what was it, blended <laughs> when they like went to that South African safari situation, which was so offensive also. Did we watch that movie? We did. Oh my god, I've blocked it out. Oh no. Did we? We watched no, we definitely watched something it was blended, right? With Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler where they like go with their massive families to a South African like I think that might have been resort. one of the ones where we were so prepared for it to be awful, it was actually less horrible than we thought. Maybe. But, but I, don't I don't remember. Know. Like, I remember nothing about the film except, like, essentially the poster. 
The people J-Lo and Rodrigo Santoro met, by the way, who were like, this is our fifth time. I was like, are you Brad and Angelina? Like, what's happening? Some people get really addicted to, like, adoption, which seems, like, very expensive, but okay. I don't know. They're always, like, I I think it's... But they're not always rich people. No, but it's maybe it's, like, a white savior complex. I have no idea. So POC count in this film. Um, Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock. Chris Rock, yep. Um, the Indian dad in the group whose actor name I don't know. Yeah. Um, the adoption lady, the Ethiopian contingent. Oh god. Possibly Rodrigo Santoro, depending how he identifies. That's true. Yep. Um, a couple of doctors. There was an Asian doctor, there was a black doctor. Yeah. But not not so much. I mean, frankly, there were so many people. Like, I don't know if our POC count should be like a percentage of people who have lines. That's true. In the future. Yeah, I have no idea. There were quite a lot of people of color, but that's because there were just... Like background actors? So many people. Yeah. So what would you score this? Oh my god. I looked at our blog entry and I can't believe it. Believe we gave it four and a half stars. That's shocking. I would say like maybe a three? Yeah, I guess maybe a three because it was inoffensive to me. Like with Runaway Bride, I was like screaming because of how offensive I found it. But this wasn't like so offensive. So sure, three sounds fine. It was passively offensive rather than actively offensive. Yeah, because you're just like, oh God, why is why am I watching this? Why is it in front of my eyeballs? Yes. And I think the things that, that were stressful to me about everyone's opinions, they like weren't endorsing. They intended to sort of attack those and and address them but i don't know how they were able to do that when they were too busy servicing like 12 people having babies yeah well as always in like one of these kinds of movies they're like we must present a variety of like relationships and perspectives and then like not talk about any of the like underlying issues at all yes but not that many relationships and perspectives Anyway, but I will give it three stars because of the excellent baby casting to the point that I was a little bit like, is there a casting department specifically for babies? Because they've done a killer job. They don't always do a good job. I've seen some real uggos on uh, other shows. Oh, no. I I meant in this movie. They've no, done no, a killer no, job. I, yes, I, I agree. I think the babies were quite cute, except for that ginger baby in the beginning. I did not find him cute. I don't remember this baby. I was thinking of Chris Rock's kid. His, like, toddler. Yes, cute. Who's so cute. And then all of the other babies in that playgroup that we caught a glimpse of were cute. Yes. Um, no, J-Lo takes, does a photo shoot with, like, a baby at the beginning of the movie. And he's, oh, like, Oh, yeah, she's, little, like, a baby photographer. Yeah, he's, like, a little ginge baby. He's not cute. Oh, I don't remember. I think his hair's too red. Anyway. Well, you're very rude. <laughs> well, happy birthday, unit. You wanted this. But to be fair, (laughs) she wanted us to watch Hackers, which is one, a terrible film, and two, not a rom-com. I have never seen it, but Alex straight up vetoed it. So then we were forced to watch this. So I don't know who I blame more, but I'm very upset that I've now seen this movie at least three times. Well, anyway... Thank you all for listening. Please join us again next month. We don't know what we're doing yet. If anyone has suggestions or movies that they would um, like to hear us rip apart, please uh, write to us on Instagram um, or on Twitter uh, or on Tumblr. Our uh, social media handles are 
all in the credits. Um, And thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.